one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to the show, everybody, once again. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez down here in South Florida uh, on the heels of the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which ended uh, last night uh, here as we tape the show. We do the shows here on Wednesday, and Tuesday the 16th was the day of Big Four, which uh, for the second consecutive year, four final tables all being played at the same time at the Seminole Hard Rock. The uh, the biggest tournament, the $5 million guaranteed event, which started on Saturday the 13th, uh, was well, an overlay again this year. Uh, $5 million guarantee. They, I guess they, that means they meet, needed 1,000 players to uh, make the guarantee, right. maybe a little bit less. How what was the buy-in? Uh, buy-in was 5250 so a thousand players, because I figure two fifty goes the two, to the house. Two fifty is the house fee, right. and uh, you know the dealer fees and all that. Uh, anyway, they uh, they had eight hundred and forty seven players. Oh, so it fell short, huh? So they fell short. Uh, That's a big short. I was told that they were about nine hundred thousand dollars in pocket. In the published reports, it said seven hundred and fifty six thousand. So I don't know which exactly is true, but how many people did they have? At eight forty seven. 847, so that's 153, and you figure 153 at, uh, what was the buy-in? 5,250. 5, well, let's say the 250 is theirs. I got 765. Okay, well, we don't know exactly, but uh, now if they somewhere include, in there. If they include the 250 in there, it, it still won't get them close to 900,000, but... right. But, yeah. Anyway, they go in pocket once again, and uh, it's kind of distressing, actually. You know, with the first year was such a huge success with a $10 million guarantee. I think that was a higher uh, buy-in, maybe 10000 that year. I don't remember exactly. But uh, they uh, ended up with a prize pool of uh, over $12 million. Yeah, they crushed and it. And they crushed it. Then the next year, they fell $2.5 million short and had to come up with that money. Last year was a slight uh, overlay. Uh, maybe around half a million, and this year uh, three quarters of a million to a million, somewhere in there. Anyway, it's kind of distressing to me because um, everybody really kind of, not everybody, but a lot of people really like the idea of having a tournament that's freeze out, a single entry, and uh, especially when there's other tournaments right on the heels of that to enter so that you have something to do if you get knocked out early, you have some bad luck and take a bad beat or whatever. But, uh, you know... How long can they keep going into their pocket? I mean, obviously, they're making tons of money and that sort of thing, and their reputation is good, and they make all kinds of money on the hotel rooms and the and the meals and the shopping and everything there that they have. So they're not hurting for cash, let's put it that way. But how long can you keep putting up a huge guarantee that you're going short on? Once again, those figures are obviously based on how much their table revenue in the casino, right. their hotel occupancy, all their other, you know, forms, revenues of, of income that they have there. How big? How big do they, do they, you know, go up from normal weeks when you know right. when they don't have this? So if now, do you think do you think poker players are playing slots? Maybe a few. No, but if this attracts a lot of people, let me tell you something. I would imagine fifty percent of poker players, and I think that's a high number, you know, because you have a lot of the young ones who didn't grow up in the era that you and I did, you know that. You know, I was I was introduced to casino gambling, even though I'd been playing poker since I was 12, 13. You know, to you know, playing casino games was big for me. Okay, and if half of their field brings wives, girlfriends in, you know, they're going to try their looks at the tables, you know, on the slot machines. And again, we're never going to know these figures because they have no, you know, they don't, they don't have, have to report exactly. They don't have to report them, Big Dave. So we don't know that. Now, if they continue to do these, all that tells me is they are definitely making more money than that, and they want to become that big of a name in the poker world and that make this a destination. I mean, as this show goes to air, we, we just found out that they got the naming rights for, for, for the Dolphin, for the Stadium, Dolphin right? Stadium. So that's a lot of money that they're going to be putting forward there, um, you know. I, I would imagine that if this trend continues in the next few years, 
they will they will adjust the guarantee. Well, I asked a couple of the poker room people uh, what they were going to do, uh, how how concerned they were. Uh, obviously, they said, well, they're not happy about it, but uh, it's not the end of the world. But we will definitely have some meetings over the next few weeks and decide what we're going to do from here forward. Uh, on the other side of the coin, do you think it's good for poker to have those types of events? Not the ones that fall short, but the ones that have only single entries. Yeah, but... I like them. It, it, yes, uh the players who have limited income, you know, who who have to work all year long to, you know, save up the money for the hotel, for the travel, to go play at one event, would prefer a one-buy-in thing. Now, you know, obviously with these large guarantees, Dave, it just becomes more and more difficult to give a guarantee, especially seeing now that you can rebuy. Was this a rebuy tournament, the $5,000 No. So single entry. That's single entry. So I think you're going to get your answer right there. Yeah. I think. Well, that's probably what may change. I mean, obviously they're doing very well. Their reputation has soared over the last few years. Uh, The poker players can uh, do nothing but praise the property. Uh, But eventually, you know, the the spigot runs dry, and they will have to cut back on that and just settle for rebuy tournaments. Whether they you can rebuy maybe. Once each day of the, and they have more than one day of a starting event, but that's pretty uh, ambitious to have a tournament where you need a thousand players, and you got a limited number of, of tables. And it was a one day buy-in. And right? it was a one day buy-in. So you know you got guys, people coming in later in the day after people get knocked out. But you only have so room for so much, pe- so many people in this thing. Well, I, I guarantee you, they had more than enough room for a thousand. I'm people sure they did because you're not going to give that guarantee without knowing that you can sit the, the 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 bodies down on the table, Dave. But you know, like you said, they're going to have discussions. We know that we have a very good friend who went over there. I don't know if it was he, Tony, named the tournament director? Yes, he he's been there director? for a year now. Okay, so this is something that Tony's going to have to really look yeah, at because they're going to look at Tony. William now, Mason, the uh, director of poker operations and all the uh Had to sign off Harvard. on this, right. okay? so But remember, this is a chain of command letter, and... You know, as we as we all know, what they say about stuff rolling downhill. You know, the bo- the guy in the bottom is always the one going to pay the price. So, someone came up with a, you know, hey, why don't we try this and see if we can please certain people and see if the numbers come up there. They didn't fall ten or twenty people short. They fell one hundred and fifty three people short. Right. That's a significant number. That's uh, close to twenty percent of the field. You know, right. that fell short. So. Or, or in this this case, 15.3% of the fields of what they needed, they fell short from from uh, from the thousand people. So, obviously, this is going to be looked at very hard. I seriously doubt that they will consider a single entry tournament going forward, because I would imagine the backlash from some of the top poker players was, man, you know, I got knocked out. I would have fired two, three bullets at this. Daniel Negrano, I don't know if he was in town for this, but you know, he's famous for firing five or six bullets at these things. And yes, you know, poker's going away from the small player to, you know, the the people with very deep pockets that can afford these tournaments. And that's kind of a very narrow line that the poker rooms have to kind of work because you can't survive your business strictly on those high-level limit players. Right. You, you right. need to attract the lower players, and you need to bring new blood constantly into your room. Now, they may be telling us, well, these tournaments aren't meant for that, but eventually you want those people to move into those tournaments. Right. Well, to, to offset some of that uh, trepidation about maybe getting knocked out after making a long trip all the way to Florida, uh, and, you know, that's offset by the fact that they had a 2650 that started the next day uh, on Sunday. Uh, then they had a, an $1,100 kind of a turbo, not a call to turbo, but kind of a faster uh, structure on the third day. At the same time, they had a $25,000 high roller event on that day also. So uh, for the big players, the small players, there was always something else to get into if you did get knocked out. Okay, Uh, let's look a little bit at what happened over the weekend. It was uh, something that uh, was truly exciting because you had so many big-name players there, uh, you know, in these games, not everybody showed up. We didn't have any uh, Helmuth or Negreanu or anybody, but you did have Eric Seidel and and Jason Mercier and and a lot of big names there. So it was very exciting. 
I want to report some of the results and talk about what happened because there was really some interesting stuff that went on. Things started on Friday night. They always have a charity event. And this year it was Brad Garrett's charity, uh, the Maximum Hope Foundation, that benefited. And it was tied in with Matt Stout's group, the charity series of poker. So on Friday night they had a party in the uh, what they call the L Bar, which is out by the lobby of the of the hotel. And uh, Brad was so funny uh, and so gracious with everybody with everybody there. Uh, a lot of big name players were there at the party. They gave away some prizes. Uh, our good friend Nick Sortel uh, actually won a, uh, a three day uh, three night stay in Cancun with walking in and and getting the ticket in front of me, and then I missed it by one number. So so I was a little jealous of that, but uh, Nick, Nick won that. And then he also played in the charity event and finished fifth. So congratulations to Nick, who did a good job of that. And uh, I got a chance to talk to Brad Garrett. Now, we're going to run that next week because we do have some editing to do to that. It's probably... Not the greatest effort in the history of professional broadcasting. But what happened was I wanted to interview him at the party and before everything got underway and it got too crazy because everyone wanted to, everyone wanted to take pictures with him and, and get autographs and stuff like that. So uh, it was a little bit tight with his time. You know, They needed him to be uh, social at the party. And he, he said to me, listen, why don't you wait until the charity event starts and you can come over and interview me while I'm playing and that will provide some good comedy. He said, because I'm a terrible player and this and that, which is not really true because he's actually played in some big celebrity events and, and plays in the main event every year. He actually made day yeah. two this year. Yeah, him and Ray Romano always play Exactly. That. So I said, okay, that sounds good. And uh, when I went in and interviewed him, of course, he's one of those stream-of-consciousness comedians that's always thinking about something funny to say and, and can lose his focus on exactly what we're doing. So uh, he wanted to be interviewed. He wanted to promote his organization, but... He's losing his concentration on what I'm asking him and everything. So we need, we've got a little bit of editing to do to make it a little more presentable. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, we had a great time. And we're going to run that next week. Uh, i got about 16 minutes worth of material that we'll cut, to cut about in half so <laughs> by the time we run it. So uh, hopefully it will be funny and we'll be able to hear everything. But there's so much going on. People are uh, shouting out things to him, and there's action at the table. And I'm kind of trying to report in his hands and that sort of thing. But it was a great night. Chance Corneth won the uh, charity event for 5K, uh, winning first place there. It was a $300 buy-in. I think Chance bought in three times. And people, the poker players, of course, are very uh, eager to help out the charity and, and buy in as many times as they can. Uh, you know, and uh, Jessica Dolly was there and, and a lot of big-name players. So it was a lot of fun, and that kicked things off on Friday night. Then Saturday, beginning at noon, was the $5 million guaranteed event. And they kicked off right on time and, and had a packed house. They ended up with the 847. And uh, they played down uh, the first day. What did they play down to? I guess they played down to 247, something like that. But big name players, some of the names they listed. Kate Hall was there. Of course, Jason and, and Natasha were there. Eric Seidel, Asher Conniff, uh, Mike Leah, Ari Engel. Uh, many big name players just had chance and and uh, they played down to the first group. So Joe Searock was the chip leader after day one. I know wow. you're very familiar with Joe. <clears throat> yes. And uh, he was the chip leader at the end of day one. Sean Deeb was in the top 25. David Peters, uh, several other players there. So they came back the next day, and the people who did get knocked out could play the 2650, which is what a lot of people did. And then the third day was the 1100 and the and the high roller. So uh, I wanted to report on some of the results. The $1,100 tournament was uh, the first one finished on of the big four, as you might expect, because it was more of a turbo and the, the, the levels were quicker. And, and they played down to, I think, nine going into the final day. Uh, Russland Dykstein was the uh, winner, 151K for first place. He defeated Philip Wee, uh, who was actually the boyfriend of Lonnie Harwood. He finished second, and Marsha Wolak took third, which was a very, very impressive nice. uh, outing for Marsha, a good friend of the show for many years. She won 52900 for third place in that one. And uh, Aaron Massey was seventh. Daniel Buzgon was in ninth. But a lot of good players played in this one, and it was kind of like a third choice for a lot of them, always, having already been knocked out of the first two events. But let's take a look at the uh, at the main event, which was really the one that will uh, be on Poker Night in America. Of course, they had cash games with Poker Night in America during the week. Uh, Jennifer Tilly played in those. Uh, Jason, Jason Did you get to mopped see Jennifer up. Tilly there. Yeah, 
Yeah, she was there. I'll show you a couple pictures later. Uh, Jason Mercier actually mopped up in the uh, cash games. Uh, he did very well. And then they, they played like three days of cash games, which will be shown later in the year on Poker Night in America. But that should be fun. Uh, it was very interesting uh, events. The 5250 uh, was the last one to end. No, it wasn't the last one. It was the third one to end last night. Uh, and the winner was Jason Kuhn who uh, a lot of people are familiar with, Jason, a uh, real physical fitness expert, uh, you know, works out a lot, and uh, a lot of people know him over the years. Uh, uh, first looks and for his poker playing ability. Uh, if you may remember, I, he, when he first was on the scene at a tournament about five or six years ago, when he first started the show, he was the guy who someone went all in on him, and he practically threw up in his mouth, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but it, he almost choked on his... Uh, his own phlegm, but uh, Jason's been a good player over the years, and he ends up winning the tournament, and uh, he defeated a, a fella that was his roommate, Seth Davies, and they were actually roommates for several, a couple of years, I think, and were very good friends, and they went head-to-head for the final down there, and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was... Uh, well, how much did he get then? Uh, it was a million dollars for first guarantee. Place. Yeah, it was the million dollar guarantee for first. Uh, Davies won five hundred seventy five k. So uh, very interesting there. And uh, he said, uh, you know, it's really cool that I got to play one of my really good friends. And uh, we were laughing about the opportunity. He said, the next thing you know, we're sitting up across the table from each other with the trophy sitting in between us. So he said, it's really surreal for us to have gone uh, against each other like that. Tim Burt uh, was there, who I found out and uh, met uh, his girlfriend, who is Sandra Barber, Natasha's sister. Oh. So I don't know what you would call that, but they're both engaged to the Barber sisters. <laughs> and when they get married, I guess him and Jason, I don't think they're brothers-in-law, but they'll be brothers-in-law once removed or something like that. I don't well, know the listen, exact name for that. I call, I call my brother-in-law the one who's married to my actual sister-in-law my brother-in-law. So. Yeah, basically. Anyway, Tim Bird finished third, 310,000. Roman Valerstein was fourth. Tom Medina in fifth. And Joe Searock finished sixth. Uh, Zoe Kareem was ninth. He's a real popular player out of Orlando that plays down here a lot. And Ryan Fair of Miami was eighth. Paul Bolzano, a uh, nice guy who's a local regular here, finished in seventh place. So they all did very well, and it was a very exciting tournament. Uh, I didn't go back for the live final table because I was watching the live stream mostly for the most part, and it was great coverage. Uh, Dave Tuckman always does a great job on that. And, of course, Ali Najad and Maria Ho were there at the table. So I don't know how much different it was from last year when Helmuth was there. But What was your experience this year? Better than last year? Because well, I know you I, weren't real happy with it last year. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even go on the final day, so I don't really have oh, anything okay, to compare so you, okay, I thought you had with this there. year. But uh, I was there for most of the weekend. I had been there all day on Monday, uh, and I didn't end up not feeling that well and not going back yesterday. So, uh, the winner, uh, Jason Kuhn, and uh, that will be, of course, on Poker Night in America later this year. Uh, it is not affiliated with the WPT, so we won't see it on those shows, but we will see it uh, definitely when things roll around. The High Roller was a great field, just an incredible field of great players, and the winner was uh, Marvin Rettenmeyer. Mm. Mad Marvin took the win. Uh, by defeating Dan Coleman in a very long heads-up battle that uh, Coleman uh, trailed most of the time but actually fought back to take a small lead uh, before Rettenmeyer uh, recovered and ends up winning. Uh, Ray Quartemy was third. Ray is a a guy who plays in a lot of the events down here, has been made a couple final tables on the WPT and led most of this event. But finally, uh, Coleman knocked him down a couple hands in a row and uh, eventually got taken out by Rettenmeyer. So that was the third-place finisher, uh, Ray Quartemy. He's from, actually from Texas. Uh, Nick Petrangelo was fourth. Daniel Strelitz, fifth. Barry Hutter was sixth. Rainer Kempe from Berlin, uh, who won the Super High Roller at the Aria earlier this year, was seventh. Uh, and a lot of tremendous players that played in that event. But it was a lot of fun watching some of that uh, big names that played in that. What was, uh, uh, what was what was the winner get? The winner get, and that one got uh, 787,000. Uh Coleman won 485,000 for second and quarter me 291,000 for third. But they had 105 entries in a high roller which is ex- outstanding. Yeah, what was the buy-in again? Uh 25,500. Very nice. And that was the tournament that Jason actually won last year in this event. 
and the final tournament was 1100, and that was a very interesting story. 594 entries. No, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Uh, that's the 2650. Uh, it was the final one, and that was 594 entries. So they had a prize pool of 1.282 million uh, million dollar guarantee in that one. And it was won by a 21-year-old college student from Princeton University. His name is Bradley Snyder. And this is his first tournament cash that he's ever had. Uh, How many times have we said that this year? Yeah, exactly. And we, he found out, you know, he really got it hooked on poker by watching Twitch. And this is the great thing about Twitch is while Twitch is kind of like for gamers and e-games and, and that sort of thing, some of those video games that there are actually competitions for, and a lot of people are into watching that. Some people uh, stumble across poker and really get hooked on the game. But uh, he was down here from uh, Princeton. I think he's a. I think this is his junior year coming up, and he uh, he ends up winning two hundred forty-six thousand for that one. So pretty good story there. Uh, the final table here was uh, a lot of players I had I was not familiar with. Uh, Dermot Blaine I've heard of. He finished second. Nicholas Emekis was third, Korai Cor- Aldemir was fourth, Jeffrey Chang fifth, Dan Heimiller I'm, I've talked to a few times, he finished seventh, and actually Jerry Wong was in ninth. So Jerry, the November Niner this year, has been on pretty much a roll. He did well out in Oklahoma. He makes a final table here for 25 k and he will be playing for a million dollars later this year out in Vegas. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned Twitch TV. Uh, you know, this past week I was working up in Daytona right. for the PPC, Poker Tour, and uh, their final table was on, on Twitch TV, okay. live streaming over there. So who actually, uh, who did the call on that? Was that Mark There was Polk no call. Or? It was just kind of like a blind, okay. you know, like, so it was just cameras looking at it, and, um, you know, that final table took about three and a half hours for us to get down to six players, and then about another hour of play before they decided to uh, make a deal, but uh, an event won by Adam Rouse and... Uh, he had come in second a bunch of times. It was so funny because he said any deal, when he finally took the chip lead, he was he was the second lowest stack going into the final day. And, uh, you know, winds up being declared the winner because he had the most chips. He negotiated the deal. Everybody kept looking at him with the, the chip leader after he had kind of taken a lot of the right. chips from the irregular chip leader. And uh, the one thing he kept arguing for was, is they were giving away Blue Shark Optics glasses and all this, and then he goes, he goes, all I want is the trophy. As long as I get the trophy, he goes, I've come, he goes, I've been the bridesmaid too many times. I want to be the bride. <laughs> so that was so funny. So was there a chop or they played it all the way down? They chopped it six ways. Uh, the kid who had been the chip leader um, had said that, you know, he was going to make it tough to make a deal. Then he wound up becoming the lowest stack on the table. Neither him nor Adam wanted a package because Adam had already won a package for the Aruba World Championship, the PPC Aruba World Championship. Right. And uh, he goes, I just want the money. They negotiated it. And then the other four stacks wanted packages. So they negotiated what I thought was a pretty fair package. The other four people all got a, just under 6000 like 100 bucks short of 6000 And they all got $4,000 Three got $4,000 packages. One got a $5,000 package. And uh, Adam took uh, 11000 for first, and the other kid took 8000 being the bottom of the of the rung. But he still walked away with 8000 in cash. Okay. I want to get back to that a little bit. Uh, we got to take a break here on the show. Uh, we want to get your thoughts about the Daytona room and that sort of thing uh, a little later in the show. Uh, but we need to head to a break. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, because since we're talking about the Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, the reputation they're now building in the poker room, as you mentioned it earlier in the show, is they've actually purchased the naming rights for the renovated stadium uh, in Miami Gardens uh, that the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Hurricanes play in. So uh, pretty interesting. It's going to be called Hard Rock Stadium. And uh, the first story I saw about it by the guys from the Herald uh, said, uh, referenced the movie the Rock, uh, not the movie actor, but the movie The Rock, the Rock that Sean Connery yeah. was in, and they said that's going to be the regular line and the regular headline when people talk about uh, coming down to play the Dolphins, it'll be, <laughs> welcome to The Rock. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so we we'll look forward to a good football season there, and congratulations to the uh, Hard Rock International, which is the organization that runs the restaurants and the, and the hotels that was purchased a few years back by the Seminole Tribe. So um, obviously branching out and uh, expanding their horizons into other sports 
and we'll see what happens when they play uh, football there in the Hard Rock Stadium. Of course, uh, they're going to play two styles of football in there, including international soccer. As yeah, we exactly. Know. There'll be a lot of that stuff there too. Uh, of course, that stadium has changed names many times since it was first uh, built by Joe Robbie back in, I guess, the uh, 80s or maybe yeah. the early 90s. No, it was 87. Okay. Because it was already Uh, Joe Robbie when I moved down here. Joe Robbie Stadium. They changed the name to Pro Player Stadium. Then it was Dolphins Stadium. Then it was Dolphin Stadium. Uh And then it was Landshark Stadium. And then it was Sun Life Stadium. So uh, all those names are the same facility. And now they uh, did a huge renovation where there's going to be. uh, a roof over the over the stands. Basically, it's going to be open in the middle so that the field is exposed. But uh, re- renovations that were really required by the NFL in order for the Dolphins to get another Super Bowl, which they will get in the year 2020. So, uh, all that we'll be looking forward to. Let's take our first break on the show, though, and we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park, located in Hallandale Beach which is the southern part of Broward County, and uh, we enjoy playing poker there. We go to the races occasionally, and and uh, I think Joe gets his family over there once in a while yes, for a little I food do. and, my, uh, my daughter, food and well, drink. My youngest one who's old enough to bet the horses but not old enough to go in the casino quite yet. Another two months, another two months. Okay, and there's a lot of great stuff over there. The, uh, the, the great restaurants outside, they have a Brio, they have Three Forks, they have... Uh, the uh, Cantina Laredo, they have the uh, Frankie's, which is a great horse Texas racing type Brazil. bar, Tejas de Brazil, uh, just all kinds of great stuff, plus great stores like uh, Crate and Barrel and uh, uh, different stores. They have a really nice little thing for memorabilia and uh, collectibles. Uh, with a statue of uh, Homer Simpson uh, sitting out front and his family. So uh, that's one of the cool things there as well. They have a bowling alley called Strike 10. And pretty soon they're going to have a $2.5 million karaoke bar, which is going in uh, later in the year. Uh, Israeli company opening that later in the year and should be uh, pretty fantastic as well. So a lot of things draw people to Gulfstream, the beautiful views from the racetrack. And uh, the slot machines on two separate floors, the Pearls Casino and the Finish Line Casino. And then at the back of the Finish Line Casino is the Poker Room, which uh, attracts our attention uh, on many occasions. Uh, 20 tables in the back there and a real nice poker room with a lot of TVs, very clean and nice and a lot of fun. They have tournaments every night at 7 p.m. So if you need to check out what's happening, the latest uh, tournaments or games, uh, going on at the Poker Room, give them a call at 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. It's Gulfstream Park, 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. 
Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the program. Big Dave and Joe on the heels of the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, something we, uh, we point to every year. Now, of course, they have the... Uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown is a WPT event that's every April, and this year they had the Tournament of Champions there uh, on the following week, which they're going to do again next year. So uh, it's not just uh, part of the year, but it seems all year round, and of course they have their own tournaments, uh, the smaller uh, WPT events like the uh, the, hard, the Rock and Roll Poker Open and the Lucky Hearts uh, Poker Tournament, so uh, constantly on the minds of people, and and I talk to a lot of players that feel very strongly that this is one of the greatest places. Uh, Matt Waxman, who uh, is from Parkland, uh, you know, a local player down here. That's a big-name player. And uh, he actually tweeted out during the tournament that I really didn't think five years ago that I would be playing at one of the greatest places there is to play poker in my hometown. So uh, it's pretty cool uh, how well they've done, and they'll continue to do well. Of course, you know, the Black Cloud is obviously going short in a few tournaments and having to uh, fork it over. But there have been many places over the years, Joe, you know this, that uh, have tournaments and and run short and find a way not to pay people. And, uh, of course, they ruin their reputations and people don't want to go there again. But it's happened many times that uh, It has. I haven't heard of it in a while now. Not for a while, right? But, yeah, you know, in the very beginning, people would put up these crazy guarantees. Not crazy. I mean, something they thought, obviously, that was obtained. But they wouldn't meet it and then say, oh, I'm sorry, we can't pay out the guarantee, which to me, first of all, I don't know if the state got involved in that or not, but, you know, they they, they should be looking to close the poker rooms now like that or yeah, at least absolutely. get rid of the management crew that's there. By the way, it's did, just a big embarrassment. Did you hear that uh, Hylia has a big 100K tournament coming up? Hylia Park? No, but... Uh, Took them a year, but, but they're going to have another big But the person who's running that is someone who worked under me, and she's <laughs> very, very good. She's very, very good. Oh, who great. is running that? Adriana. Okay. Well, good. I hope they uh, do better and make a recovery from uh, what was a really black Listen, eye. Listen, they've done the a facility. good enough job that they've maintained the numbers that they had there when Nelson Costa was there and, you know, when his crew was, uh, whatever it was, strong-arming or doing whatever, whatever the hell they were doing over there, they've been able to maintain... Uh, you know, the clientele. And I'm glad because this just shows that the clientele didn't like it either. Right. If they were just following these group of people for the sake of following them, they sent out a strong message to say, you know, listen, we want a room that's run right and, and, and you know, that you run it fair and square. That's all you want as a poker player. you got to know the game is on the up and up and that everybody there is, is, is you're being, you're being, as they used to say, you're being dealt the cards from the top of the deck. Definitely. Uh, Brad Garrett was uh, very nice and, and uh, gave me some good time at the table. Uh, we'll get to some of that interview next week and a little kind of a and kind of a comedy bit. And, and you and, must uh, have gotten to the PG version of him or close yeah, to it, maybe yeah. the R-rated one. He, he kept it pretty much clean. Yeah, uh, he made a couple of comments, but uh, uh, he knew he was uh, this was going to run on the radio, so he uh, kept it fairly clean. Now I didn't know because my wife and I, the last time we were in Vegas a few years ago, went to catch a comedy show at his comedy club which is in the MGM, where it was back then. And, you know, he was the the MC, came out, did about 25 minutes of comedy before he introduced the the acts that were there. And to my wife and I's amazement, <laughs> he he wasn't Robert Barone from the Everybody Loves Raymond character. Absolutely. He was, he was a little bluer than that. You know, one of the other but things that so I funny. found out about him doing some research before I talked to him was that for many years, uh, 20, 25 years, he's been doing voiceovers on on movies and commercials. Uh, he's uh, in that Disney movie, Ratatouille. Uh, plays, does one of the voices on that one. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with a lot of these films because they're children's films, really. But uh, he does a lot of voiceover work, and he said he's, it's been a big part of his career over the years. 
And apparently they get paid very well to do that, too. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations to him. Uh, they raised, uh, from what I hear, close to 30000 for the uh, Maximum Hope Foundation with their charity event. And everybody had a great time, and it got things off to a great start. Anyway, we'll carry that. Uh, uh, I don't want to call it an interview because it's more like... Uh, Conversation. Conversation. Conversation, stream of consciousness. I got a few, and a few questions that I wanted to get to them, but I did want to run one of the interviews. I didn't get a, a tremendous amount of interviews this week because of, uh, you know, it's just not a lot of time to get players on a short break when they're uh, running out to the bathroom or to get something to eat, and it's hard to grab people. But I did talk to one of the guys I wanted to talk to, Chris Klodnicki, who this summer had uh, a lot of talk on Twitter about how slow the play has become out there in the World Series and how it was destroying the game. Well, let me tell you, I went through the same scenario now, and I can discuss that later on with you, but the the, the pace of the game by a few people was was brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was it was upsetting me, and I wasn't even playing. Well, we know that they've tried. In fact, they tried at the Hard Rock back at the Tournament of Champions earlier this year, uh, a 30-second shot clock, and it worked very well. The player, Most of the players seemed to like it. There's always going to be a few holdouts, and basically the discussion on Twitter was between one of those uh, opponents of a shot clock, Jordan Christos, who takes very long to play. Uh, and anyway, I wanted to grab Chris and talk to him. Unfortunately, the only chance I had to talk to him was when he got knocked out of the main event in 14th place. So on his way back to the window to buy into one of the other tournaments, uh, he gave me a couple of minutes. Here's what he had to say. We're at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, Chris Klodnicki just eliminated in 14th place, so always not the best time to talk to you, but that's what we go through as uh, poker media. Uh, but you're headed in for another event. Uh, a great summer for you. Eight caches, and, and you went very deep in the main event. Uh, tell me about what your plans coming out of that are, why you quickly run down here and get into another huge event. Um, I just, it's getting, it's getting late, so I got to, like, hop in before the blinds get too big. I'm already down here, so I might as well play. Okay, quickly, let me just ask you about this summer. The, uh, there was a lot of complaints about how people are playing so slow out there now, and you got onto a discussion with people on Twitter. Uh, it seems almost to be uh, at a crossroads that it might be ruining the game. Yeah, I think it uh, has to an extent. Um, it definitely um, detracts the amateur players. Um, it makes the uh, experience less enjoyable for all involved. And generally, just nobody wants to play with a bunch of people like playing super slow, which is very boring. And uh, it's not good for the longevity of the game. But isn't that the problem, that something like the main event that people play maybe once a, a year or something like that, they're not used to playing on a regular basis, so they see the pros on TV and they think, well, i got to take my time. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad when amateurs do it, uh, but when profe there's really not much of an excuse for professionals doing it. They should know better. And uh, even if it does benefit them, they should... Like I said, think about what's good for the longevity of the game and uh, making it a good experience for amateur players to get them to keep going back. Okay, last question. You're a Jersey guy who's been famous for years with the Borgata and all that type of thing. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, pretty new, but they've done a tremendous job down here. What are your thoughts on South Florida poker? I think they run great tournaments here. Uh, always big turnouts. Uh, there's usually cash games still. So, I mean, I love coming down here. Good luck today, whatever you. you play. Okay. Okay, Chris Klodnicki, do you get the, get the feeling he didn't really want to talk? Well, he's mentioned he wanted to get in. It was late in the tournament, and the blinds were going up. So yeah. that's a tough time to catch a poker player when he knows he's going to have to put more money up on the table. Exactly. But he did have eight caches at the World Series of Poker this summer, including a fourth place. Uh, and in the main event, he finished 45th. So uh, that was a nice payday for him as well. Yeah, and let me tell you, I couldn't agree more with him on his comments that he mentioned about the slow play. Because let me tell you... Nothing is more annoying, from, especially from a player's standpoint, than sitting there and having someone Hollywooding, you know, uh, just, it's just so damn annoying. They, they should know what they have to do. I can understand once in a while when you're facing for your tournament life a bet, but, you know, when you're doing this an hour or two hours into the tournament and the, the wager is not going to, you know, it's not going to cripple you, it's just so annoying, and as you mentioned, some of the amateurs have seen pros do this, and they figure this is the way to play. I would imagine that 98, 99% of poker players know within 15, 20 seconds whether they're going to make a call or a raise or a fold. You know, whatever their action is going to be based on the two cards, 
based on the two cards that we are, you know, seeing. And they sit there, and, and I, I watched it this week when I saw people looking at it. I saw the two cards that they had. I looked at the two cards that they had, and they took an, a minute and 42 seconds on the clock to fold a hand that should have been folded in five seconds after they, you know, after they, they got bet into yeah. So it's just I don't know, Dave. Do you play? Have you played at these tournaments and and had people take an inlo- an annoyingly long time? Oh to yeah, make, to make yeah. a decision. You I know. do run into some of that stuff, but uh, tournaments I play in not not as much. You know, it's not uh, huge paydays and that sort of thing. I, so. I, I let me tell you, the tournaments I've been involved in, I really have not seen what I saw this past week. Right. So I and if you're saying now if people are complaining at the World Series of Poker. That, that's just terrible. I don't know what they can do to to increase that unless unless like you said a shot clock is put into into into. I think we're going to see more and more shot clocks as we move along. I really do. Uh, speaking about uh, things that uh, detract from the game and and things that make it fun, I thought it was interesting. Some quotes from uh, Cliff Josephy, who would be the chip leader at the November nine. Johnny Bax uh, is his nickname online, but for years he's been uh, staking players. Uh, he staked Joe Cotta back when Joe won the World Series of Poker back in 2009. And there's an article on Poker News by uh, Marty Derbyshire, uh, pretty interesting, where he uh, asks a question that I would love to have asked, and that is, uh, what's more stressful uh, for the uh, player and the backer? Is it uh, the sitting there and uh, railing somebody that you have money on, or playing yourself and uh, trying to make it as deep as you can in the tournament? And the in- answer was interesting. Uh, Josephy said, "Stressful? Neither situation situation is stressful at all to me. Uh, both are fun, and that's what this really is all about." He said, "Let's make poker fun again." You know, and that's a great answer. But he's someone obviously who has deep enough pockets to back these players. True. True. So you know, when your pockets are that deep, things can be a lot more fun than for people whose pockets aren't quite that deep. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the GPL because I've uh, been remiss in not really mentioning it, concentrating on the World Series of Poker. Of course, they had their summer series out in Vegas where they introduced the Cube to the poker audience, and uh, Aaron Paul played one of the events. It was uh, interesting uh, and uh, a pretty neat setup, but uh, I think a lot of people that came into this whole uh, GPL thing didn't realize how much online uh, it was going to be and that there wasn't going to be a lot of live stuff head-to-head. So uh, there has been, uh, not a backlash, but it really hasn't taken off the way they thought it would. Uh, They did have those tournaments out in Vegas this summer. Uh, The main headquarters for the GPL has been in Malta over the years, and they had big plans uh, heading into this uh, end of the season that they were going to play down and have a playoffs, that the playoffs were going to take place at TwitchCon. And instead of now of playing it at TwitchCon in San Diego, they're actually moving everything to Vegas. Now, the big problem was uh, I think they ran into a lot of costs. Their thought was to move this cube, which is this heavy plexiglass 20 by 20 foot booth with all the equipment and everything and they were going to move it to TwitchCon to play the uh, playoffs and then they were going to play the final the championship matches in Wembley Stadium in London we had talked about this from the very beginning all that's off now they're going to do everything in Vegas they've moved their headquarters to Vegas and they are now uh, only the only thing they're doing at TwitchCon is they're going to have a meet greet and play so some of the stars of the GPL are going to be there and meet with uh, fans, they still want to expose this game to the gamers and the e-gamers and that sort of thing out there. So they'll have that out there, but uh, they just can't uh, spend that kind of money when the response really hasn't been very good. Well, unfortunately, I don't believe the way they've presented this product has been very good. You know, I know that they've done this online, you know, but online watching these people, unless you can, unless you got a camera on them, that they're on camera, and you're watching some of these reactions... There's to me there's no attraction to that. There's you know to watch them play online, you know right. I don't I don't understand that. They they I think they needed to put in a little bit more thought and say hey listen, can we get these people instead of maybe spreading it out over a few months, maybe doing like a a two month three month type of thing 
where it was in one place, and the people had to show up. Right. And, you know, you had people showing up, and different players from different teams constantly playing, you know, and you kind of contract them for two or three months, have your series, your tournament series run for 12 weeks, let's say, and then the last four weeks are playoffs, however you, however you want to run the tournament, and it's all in one place where you're trying to generate a general crowd there, and then you get some sort of TV coverage, whether it's through the computer or not, that you're watching these people on the cube. I think they could have attracted a lot more people towards that. Right. It's a shorter period of time. All this time, we're, you know, I know you've been following this, but I've had no interest to follow You it. haven't had much interest in the beginning, you know, I know. Because, not like I have, because, but I've been disappointed. I have you know, and there was points when they did the draft and the making of the teams, which was I thought was outstanding. You know, It kind of really psyched you up to say, okay, I'm going to root for this team because they got two or three of my favorite poker players. And then nothing. You know, I mean, I know they had these tournaments, but then your poker, your, your favorite poker player wasn't playing. I, I don't know. You know, the, right. the little bit that I tried to follow it, it didn't excite me enough for me to warrant me spending some time and dedicating some time to, to watching them play. Well, the second part of the season was originally set for August 18th. Uh, it was uh, to go on at TwitchCon later this month. But what they found out was that, you know, the competition like EPT Barcelona – uh, Legends of Poker and uh, the Borgata, all those big tournaments there, plus the World's uh, Championship of Online Poker, the W Coop, is going on, and even a concert <coughs> called Burning Man, which is out in, uh, I think that's out in the Vegas area that uh, is very popular, was going to make a lot of their players unavailable. Uh, they also said, uh, you know, we were looking forward to uh, having some time to go over and 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 tweak the product, but he said we just didn't have the time to sit down, review, and improve it. Uh, and, uh, you know, that just goes to show that they wanted to get this thing kicked off, and, and there hasn't been a tremendous amount of thought put into it, and they're now reacting instead of uh, being proactive. Exactly, and, you know, obviously, I'm just telling you why I wasn't interested in it, so apparently I'm not the only one. Well, let me give you a couple numbers. They did a, they did a uh, Media, Media Rex, uh, which is a company that's actually owned and operated by the GPL, did some surveys, and they said that uh, one of the questions they asked people was, do you want to buy GPL merchandise? And close to 59% said they would not. Why would you? There's no excitement in it. There's nothing for you to say, hey, I'm wearing this because of my team. You know, th th They didn't promote this enough to where you get excited. You know, They tried to make this with a sports concept, right, Dave, when right, you're having the right, teams? Right, right. So Sport, to have sportified that poker. sportified poker, so to do that and for that to catch on and people want to buy your merchandise and your products, they have to have a, a rooting interest on one of your teams. And, you know, like I said, there are certain teams that I like that, you know, made it very interesting with the, the poker players that they had drafted onto that team. But, you know, you don't see them playing. You yeah, know, you, they didn't. They, they, there was no uh, major advertising where they're going to be somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, none of that. Yeah. None of that. And, well, and their plans were b big and, you know, like you said, up in Wembley Stadium. But, you know, how about well, getting the product off the ground first? The other thing is, you know, you look at... Uh, the the real positive things that they've had going on for them, they haven't followed that up by uh, by building on those things. Uh, the draft was one point. Uh, the Aaron Paul appearance in the Cube, which I actually watched on TV, enjoyed very much. Then all of a sudden you didn't hear anything about him for a month. I was out there in Vegas when they were playing matches out there, and there was no discussion at all in the World Series of Poker. Dave, when you're trying to sportify something, okay, what's the big thing in football? Okay, uh, okay. well, we know Tom Brady, well, uh, except for the first four games this year, but Tom Brady's going to be there every Sunday for New England. You know, uh, except uh, this year. Cam Newton is going to be there every <laughs> Sunday for, for Carolina. You know, the stars of, of the teams, you know they're going to play every Sunday at this particular time, and you sell that product like that, okay? And it, this is only six players, four to a team, two alternates. Yeah. Listen, they needed to know that, hey, Every Sunday, Jason, uh, you know, Jason Mercio is going to be, you know, representing the team he represents. Uh, you know, Maria Ho, what, whoever the stars are, you have to market the stars. Right. 
Okay, by marketing the stars, you're going to start marketing the league. Well, it sounds like we're being very critical, but uh, you know we understand that it's very difficult and it's it kind is. of a learning process, and they are working at it. Uh, I like, uh, I do like uh, the response by uh, Alexander Dreyfus, who uh, really is facing up to the problems that they've had. They said they're not going to give up fighting for a spot in the poker industry, and he said basically. We try, we fail, we adjust, and he's going to come out Which with a I'm big Which I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. But uh, hopefully Definitely. they're adjusting in the proper way. I mean, if you're trying to sportify it, then make it like a sport. Make it where people can recognize and, and you know, relate to the poker players that they really like on their team, that there's something there. And obviously that comes with the commitment from the players, yeah. first and foremost. So Absolutely. if they don't have the, the, the financial backing of people who can take these players and say, hey, listen, we need you, you know, we need you specifically for these four months and exclusively for these four months, then right. I don't see how this can succeed because those people need to be out there, out in the front, so the general poker, you know, population is get someone that they can hook up to and kind of, oh, I want to find, did you see him play last Sunday? Oh, did you see the bluff he pulled on this guy or the call he made on this guy? You need that kind of talk yeah, exactly. for it to grow. No, I agree. And uh, the, probably the scariest number that came out of these uh, survey, surveys, uh, that a full two-thirds of the people that were interviewed for the survey, and that means people who took the time to answer. Exactly. And, and come in. So there's some interest there. It said that they had heard of the GPL, a full two-thirds, but had not watched any of it because there's no advertising there's no excitement listen you want the stars they drafted stars so guess what at some of these televised events you need to get by some airtime and say the gpl is coming up right so and so listen do like they say you know when it's there you know this sunday carolina against new england cam newton against tom brady you know it's a shootout in and and you know at foxborough whatever do the thing hey listen this week We've got Jason Mercier against Dan Coleman, and, uh, you know, watch this. You have to sell it like that, like like if it's an MMA match, a right. uh, football game, you have to get the interest turned up, and it's similar to boxing and MMA where you have multiple teams. So now if if it's me and you playing each other and Gio and Joe going at it on, the, on another game, that's what you have to, in my opinion, listen, watch this Sunday from X to X. These players are going to be playing against each other, so-and-so representing New York, this one representing San Francisco. However it breaks down, and you've got to sell airtime to it, and you've got to make it accessible where people can enjoy the watching of the game. Right. Well, I enjoy the Cube. I enjoy a lot of the ideas that they've come up, and I really hope this thing still can somehow be a success. Uh, I'm a little scared for them, to be honest, uh, but uh, uh, I do respect the fact that uh, Alexander Dreyfus has come up with some great ideas. Uh, the things that haven't worked, he's uh, stood up and, and faced the music on, and I like and that. And I certainly hope that they get this straight out, because I think this is a tremendous concept. Right. You know, I hope this doesn't go the way of the GPI tournaments that they had. Exactly. The... Uh uh, Epic Poker League. Uh, excuse about, yeah. me, the Epic Poker League, excuse me. Yes. Which the GPI came out of. Out of, excuse me, that's exactly. what I meant to say. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's take our final break on the show. When we finish up, we'll talk a little bit about the PPC guys and uh, what they have coming up, uh, what Joe is doing with them. So uh, that's uh, certainly a great niche for a lot of people who haven't got to this level where they can play 10000 or 5000 or or even uh, $1,100 for a tournament. Uh, but there is a place out there for you to learn the game and, yeah. and improve. So and we'll get to that. Turnout, so. We'll get to that when we come back. Uh, but let's tell you again about Gulfstream Park as we head to a break here, uh, located in South Florida, the southern part of Broward County, just north of the Dade Broward line, in Hallandale Beach, the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard, in between I-95 and the beaches. Uh, easy to get to and a beautiful place. Uh, let me tell you, if you haven't been there, you need to go. If you've been there and haven't been there in a while, you need to get back there because it's uh, it's beautiful out there and a lot of stuff going on. It's uh, certainly one of the jewels of South Florida. And uh, Joe and I uh, spent some time there and uh, really like the people that are involved working over there. So we're enjoying it, and we know that you will too. So uh, great restaurants, great shopping. Uh, not to mention the great horse racing, uh, especially in the winter, but all, all times of the year now as they're open uh, around the clock, uh, 24 hours a day on the weekends for the poker room and the casino. Uh, opens at uh, 10 a.m. during the week. 
And uh, we invite you to check that out because it's uh, it's a great place to go. And uh, if you're used to uh, heading uh, uh, in a different part of your hometown, wherever you might be, a travel and a trip down here certainly should include Gulfstream Park in your plans. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway. If you need information about the poker room, give them a call, 954-457-6336. Uh, they got a huge $12 million horse race coming up in January and a great season of horse racing still to come, but uh, no reason to wait for that to come around the clock because it's great stuff every day down here in South Florida, and we invite you to head on over there. Check it out. Tell them that Big Dave and Joe sent you on over. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. <laughs> this is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Final segment here of Poker Action Line. Uh, had a great time this weekend uh, at the Hard Rock at Really point to that every year as one of the highlights of the year. Of course, uh, after the World Series of Poker ends, uh, you know, everything just seems to continue right into the fall, and pretty soon we'll be back around to the November 9 and heading into a new season and all the stuff from the WSOP circuit and the WPT and uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, as far as the WPT goes, some news coming out uh, today, and that is the uh, World Poker Tour signing a five-year deal with Fox Sports to uh, air the WPT uh, season. It'll be season, uh, let's see, through the completion of season 19. So right now they're on, uh, I believe they're on uh, 14, if I'm not mistaken. And they will be uh, having a lot of stuff. There'll be marathons uh, uh, on the Labor Day weekend this year as they will uh, air a minimum of two WPT marathons. So you can catch up on some of the stuff that you missed if you enjoy watching poker on TV. But a lot of that will be on um, Fox Sports uh, regional networks that are around the country, as it has been for the last few years. Uh, Fox Sports uh, 2 is carries a lot of poker from time to time. Fox Sports 1, and then, of course, regular Fox Network uh, is not shown a lot of poker. But who knows? Maybe that will be next to get a more of a national exposure to that. Yep. Anyway... Uh, Fox Sports uh, Executive Director of Acquisitions Programming says the WPT remains a highly rated, regularly scheduled program on Fox Sports Network, and it's a key part of our primetime lineup each Sunday. So that's the day that you can really check it out. And they feel 
that it complements their other sports programming. So they have signed this deal through 2021. So anyway, that's going to be a, a, a positive thing. Of course, in September, we'll give you the exact dates over the next couple of weeks. The shows uh, for the World Series of Poker, and they're not on Tuesdays this year. They're going to be on Sundays as well there. So Sunday is your poker night on TV. Uh, let's close things out by talking a little bit about the PBC. We don't have a lot of time, but uh, Joe spent the last week up at Daytona Beach, and I wanted to get your impressions of the Daytona Room, which is does some big numbers. Uh, you know, it's not luxurious. Uh, you know, it's basically inside the dog track and a converted uh, room that they had, like a cafeteria or something in before. I'm not sure exactly what. Well, it's a what. big room, 55 tables. But they have a lot of people there, and you spent the week there with uh, the PPC, uh, and they had a very positive event. Yes, they did, Dave. Uh, they had their main event with a $50,000 guarantee. They crushed that with $82,000 in the guarantee. 253 players entered. was? Was $360. Okay. You know, it was, it was, it was wonderful. They had uh, Friday two flights, you know, 1A, 1B, and then Saturday 1C, 1D, and everybody, 34 players came back to fight for the championship. Okay. And, uh you know, this year, first place was paying 14800 plus a $5,000 package. So you were getting almost $20,000 for a $360 buy-in tournament for first place. And uh, they did make a deal. They got down to six players, and they, they made, I thought, was a very fair deal for everybody involved for what everybody wanted. Uh, everybody wound up getting exactly what they wanted, and the dollar amount was, was in my opinion, fairly broken down. And uh, the people who wanted the packages got the packages. So uh, I, hopefully I'll be seeing them in Aruba in November. Exactly. Well, you're not going to see Eric Seidel there or Sean Deeb or, no. or big-name players, but uh, it, it has created a very nice niche for people who are learning the game, want to play on a professional or a uh, competitive level, and uh, it has a special niche there that they found, which is really serving the public. They run various events throughout the week leading up to the main event. You right. know, a hundred dollar buy-in, a hundred and twenty dollar buy-in, a green bounty chip tournament for a hundred and fifty dollars. These are all very affordable prices for the local player, for the amateur, you know. And the main event, you know, and some of their places are as little as a hundred and twenty dollar entry with right. with large guarantees plus these packages to Aruba. And let me tell you, Dave, the, the the trip alone to Aruba is worth it. And then they're they're having the PPC Aruba World Championship is a half a million dollar guarantee this That's year. in November. That's it runs from November second through the eighth, and um, coincidentally, last year's winner came from Daytona. Okay, and it's a great story because he did not win a package. He had no intentions of going there, but his mother had won a package. Uh, Tony Fiorenza, as everyone calls her over there, and her son Vincent. Made, she brought her son with her, and he decided to enter the uh, you know PPC Aruba World Championship 15 last year. It's an open event, and he took home $106,000 yeah. for first place plus a $5,000 package to this year's tournament. They, so they've he'll be there stories. again this November. Yeah, they've had some great stories of their winners. Uh, what's coming up for them? I know well, that you're doing some stuff with them. So yes, doing some traveling. yes, I, I've been you know very lucky. I spoke with Brian and Sandy today, and they've asked me to uh, you know. Uh, join them in two other tournaments that they're going to be running, one in Iowa that will uh, run from the 21st through the 25th. And then, uh, What's the, the location, the city? It's uh, the Council Bluff, Council uh, Bluff, Council Iowa, Bluff right. in, in Iowa. There. And we're going to be there for those five. You know, it'll be a, a Wednesday through so Friday type of thing again. I mean, through Sunday, excuse me. And then on the 26th, which happens to be my birthday, I'll be traveling to Can near Kansas City, another casino that they have there. It's a new stop that'll be there. Um, and I'll be there through the 2nd of October. And flying back home, thank God, on my wife's birthday, the 3rd. So this way I won't get into too much trouble. And keep you busy. Yeah, and let me tell you, right now they're in, they're in Tunica, Mississippi right now. Uh, the week after that, they've got three stops. They're going to be at Maryland Live. They're going to be at St. Croix. And for the very first time, Magic City in Miami. In Miami. So. Yeah, so um, I'll be stopping by to say hello to them over there uh, when... I don't know, that Tuesday or Thursday that they're there. And uh, since it's only a 15-minute drive from my house. and uh, Where are they going to set that up? 
over there? Do you know? I, that's a very good question. I don't know. Because Probably in that uh, uh, stage 305 where they have the concerts. Well, maybe? remember, Dave, remember the big problem that paramutuals have down here, unlike the Hard Rock, is you have to have the cameras available for yeah, it. So my guess is it's going to be right in the poker room because yeah. unless, unless I don't remember Magic City running another tournament right now. So unless they're looking to get into that and expand and, and run, you know, that's more true. tournaments, yeah. similar to what the Palm Beach Kennel Club did when they built up their, their tournament room up on the second floor, you know, we'll see where they are. Okay, those guys have done a tremendous job. We congratulate them on everything that they've done as they continue to grow. Uh, PPC, uh, Players Poker Championship. Uh, and uh, Season four. Season four, yes, definitely. They've moved uh, into uh, another era for them as well. We appreciate uh their appearances on the show, and certainly we'll have them back again soon. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We appreciate uh, everything, uh, the Joe, that you have done uh, to uh, help out the program, and uh, we're glad that you're seeing su- some success to help those guys out. Uh, Gio, thank you for all your work on the controls, and we'll look forward to uh, another show next week. We'll have Brad Garrett uh, interview next week and a few other things on the program as we move into the fall and look forward to a lot of the television programs that are coming. That's going to do it for us here on the program. We'll catch you next week with another edition of Poker Action Line. Until then, Big Dave Lemon saying so long. Until next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 